Welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Hi, I'm John Ritter. And over the next few minutes, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and inspiration with two of country music's biggest artists, Craig Morgan and newcomer to the scene, Jelly Roll. And Craig and I are going to be sharing some of his stories from his book, God, Family, and Country. Those of you that don't know it, Craig was with the 82nd Airborne, and he's got some stories that will make you hold your breath. And he's going to share his thoughts about why he believes God puts us through those tough times in our lives. And Jelly Roll is on a roll with his song, Son of a Sinner. So that song kind of tells the whole story. What caused Jelly Roll to make those positive changes in his life? He'll share that with us in just a few minutes on the Rise Up Country podcast. But first, here's a conversation I had with Craig Morgan. Hello, hello. Hey, buddy. How are you, bud? I'm good. Good to hear your voice. Oh, man, same to you. You got a lot going on like always, don't you? Oh, yeah. Every time I think I'm ready to slow down, God says no. I know. You know, I'm watching you on that competition on that Beyond the Edge, and I'm feeling for you because I'm going, you know what? My brain tells me I'm 27, but when I get out there and I work hard like I used to, my body tells me, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you are not. Man, I got to tell you, I loved it. It was a lot of fun for me. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I love your new song, How You Make a Man. I mean, that's one of those songs that just says it all. Oh, but I'm, I'm as proud of that as anything I've ever done. I, I, it was a hit. It ain't something I wrote. It's one of the only songs on this new stuff that I didn't write. Uh, but I knew when I heard it, you know, and I've told you that before, we listen sometimes and hear certain things, but there was no question about this song for me. You know what I liked what you did, too, is is you let the drummer play. So many times people get into a record, and it just sounds like a demo drummer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that guy's definitely not a demo drummer. And, uh, uh, you know, that's the great thing about this, doing these, and getting in the studio and being involved in the production. Um, I love it because I'm, I know what I'm capable of, but I'm more aware of what I'm not capable of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so allowing these guys to do what they do best, uh, in fact, I encourage them to overplay most of the time because it's easier to take something away than it is to add it back once they're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one of the lines in that song I like, too, it says, you run, you crawl, you rise, you fall. And it took me back to where when I first met you, I remember getting in an old black Jeep and you go, well, excuse the smell, it's just uh, blood from a deer that I killed. <laughs> but But you were eager just to run all over town and do whatever it took to make you successful. And I was thinking this morning, first of all, what was that transition like, you know, leaving the military and going into that life? And then secondly, how did being in the military help you stay focused and go for that goal? Well, I'll start by answering the latter part of the question. Uh, There's no question it helped. Uh, It gave me a sense of... uh, uh, confidence that I don't think I would have otherwise had and knowing that as long as you do the best you can and work as hard as you can, uh, stay mission focused, uh, you'll be successful. Uh, now that success may not be, um, the, the definition of success may be different than what most people think. Um, but knowing that you've done everything you can and work as hard as you can, uh, in the end, that, that 
makes you successful, even if you, uh, in some eyes, may have not been uh, as successful or uh, finished the way they expected you to finish. I'm not, I'm not one of these everybody-gets-a-trophy kind of guys, neither. Uh, there's winners and there's losers. There's people. But even in losing, and that's why I love the song, How You Make a Man, we are made better people. In our sacrifices, our hurts, our pains, our losses, uh, it makes us stronger and better people. Uh, and that's something that the military was, was very adamant about, at least in my mind. That's something that I learned Um you know, it's it's going to be those failures that make you stronger and better. You're right. Well, you know, I always hold this one phrase. I think it's Booker T. Washington says, success is not measured by what you have. It's measured by what you've had to overcome to get where you are. Yes, 100%. And, and, and I've learned, too. This is something that I've learned. I don't always believe. And I know that now our failures, our losses, our heartaches, our sacrifices, they're not always meant for us. Sometimes we have to hurt and sacrifice and endure hardships for others. Uh, and that's the human race. That's what God expects us to do. Uh, but we always, you know, it's funny, we always go, you know, why did God do this to me? What is, how is this benefiting me? And instead of thinking, you know, how is this benefiting anyone? Is this, you know, mm-hmm. I think about everything from from my success or and, and, and sacrifices in my career to my life, my family. Uh, and I could say, you know, how has losing my son benefited me? It hasn't. But, but it's most definitely, I do believe that God has used it for the betterment of others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's no question. Uh, hardships, heartaches. You know, like it's, sometimes you got to hit your knees before you learn to stand. Uh, the line in that song, and I just, I absolutely love that, and I think it, I hold it to be very true in in our lives. You know, Dave Chappelle once said, uh, "Success, money, and fame will take you to a place where character can't sustain you." I always tell that to new people coming into this. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> you've gone through that kind of stuff. Who are some of the people that sustained you and helped you keep your character through tough times? Oh, family for sure. I mean, my wife could give a crap less about this music stuff. Ninety-nine percent of the time, she has no idea where I'm at. Um, she just don't care. I mean, as long as the bills are paid and I'm there and doing my job as a husband and father, and now grandfather, she don't. She don't. That other stuff means nothing to her. And I love that. I love that uh, our lives do not revolve around as much as my our our livelihood revolves around. Yeah my my job but our lives do not revolve around it it's not that's not what dictates who we are yeah uh, and i love that i love that about her and and you know uh, I, I will say i think you know as we as getting back to the military i think because of all of that experience and because it was such a big part of my life i don't have i've never had issue with uh allowing this business to uh take over for me mm-hmm. um it's uh, I, I just, try, as far as being grounded, you know, I feel like it's just simple for me. It's always been easy. This is what I do for a living, and and I absolutely love it. I get uh, I get great joy out of writing songs. Uh, I truly enjoy singing. Uh, I love entertaining. But but it, it's if if the business came to me tomorrow, if the label and management, publicists and fans and everyone <laughs> came to me and said. 
you're done. You can't do any more shows. Nobody cares anymore. It has zero effect on us. You're no longer relevant. I would say, man, God bless you, and thank you so much for what wonderful career I've had. And, and I would find something else to do. Uh, it wouldn't devastate me so much, you know. And I'm not saying that I don't appreciate it. I, I, uh, in fact, what I'm saying is I truly appreciate it to the degree that I'm so grateful for what I have been blessed with mm-hmm. that if it didn't continue, I'd, I'd feel blessed enough that it's okay. Right. Well, maybe it could be an, an author since you're doing that now with your book, God, Family, and Country. When people read the book, what are they going to find out about Craig Morgan that they didn't know about? Well, they're going to find out that even though I was an entertainer, I was still doing other things uh, affiliated with the military and the huh. government. Uh, uh, even yourself, there's stories in there that I have never told anyone just because of uh, time uh, you know, letters of non-disclosure and agreements to not discuss things, and and and, and two, you know, I was in the business uh, in the military, uh, in the line of work that we we weren't to discuss certain things, mm-hmm. and and I, I I've held true to that. Uh, now I've waited long enough that I feel like that anything that I discuss now will in no way, uh, in any way, harm mission capability or anyone that's involved. Uh, in fact, I talk about a, a particular piece of equipment, something that happened. That piece of equipment doesn't exist no more, and I wouldn't talk about that if, if, if it did still exist. So there's a lot of stuff in this book that people just don't know uh, about me, uh, some of the work that I did. Uh, there's some behind the scenes into the music that I think the average fan doesn't understand, labels and how that business works. Uh, and I don't go into a lot of detail uh, about the business itself, but more along the lines of how it affected me and how we dealt with the changes that took place. Yeah. I mean, a story I had never heard was that, that bombing in Baghdad when uh, you were over there as an entertainer. That one's like, oh, my gosh. It's, thank, <laughs> thank God you knew how to react and said, go, go, go. Do you want to share a little bit of that with our listeners? Yeah. So there was a, we were over there for a USO show, and— uh, just prior to going, we were initially scheduled to fly. They were going to fly us in a, in a Blackhawk from one position to another. But due to the uh, increase in ground-to-air uh, stuff, they, they decided that we would convoy. In the process of convoying there, um, there was an attack up in front of the convoy. Someone tried to rush through one of the uh, blockades. And uh, in the process of them trying to do that, they were shot. And, and the convoy just turned us leaving. The general in charge walked out, and, and literally as the uh, convoy commander was given his briefing, he looked over to the convoy commander. And, of course, the general walks out, and everybody stands at attention. You know, and, and he looks over to the convoy commander and says, in the event that anything goes wrong, this guy's in charge. And he pointed at me, uh, which is a little uncomfortable because I know some of those guys were wondering, you know, who the heck is this dude? <laughs> right, right. You know? Uh, and, and in the process of doing that, they started slowing down, and I just uh, naturally and instinctively grabbed the, the microphone from the, uh, the, the, the TC, the, tra- the commander in the vehicle, uh, not from him, but they reached up and grabbed it and said, keep moving, do not stop, go, 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 do not stop. In a situation like that, you don't want to stop and become a sitting target. 
I'd rather them shoot yeah. at me while I'm moving than shoot at me sitting still, you know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you've been through it, buddy. I love the book, God, Family, and Country. Hey, I miss hanging out and seeing you, but I will talk to you later, my friend. Well, take care. It's good to hear your voice, buddy. Same hey, to you, seen buddy. We have each other in so long. You got it, man. You're absolutely right. Hey, I will talk to you later. All right, my friend. Good to hear from you. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Maybe Craig Morgan's story inspired you to share one with us. Well, you can on our Rise Up Country Hope line at 844-717-7774. Or if you'd like to make a comment, go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Well, this lady gave us a call on our Rise Up Country radio show and felt desperate with no hope and only thought there was one way out. Hey, John. I was listening to your show as I was driving through Alabama, and I wanted to tell you, I am 35 years old, and about a year ago, my life had hit rock bottom. I absolutely did not believe in God, did not believe in miracles, did not believe in anything that was good whatsoever. And I had the weight of the world on my shoulders plus a terminal illness. And I thought, you know what? I'm done with this. I just, I can't take it anymore. And so I tried to take the easy way out. And I overdosed on pills and whiskey. The doctor said that there was no way that I should have lived. And I did. And whenever I came out of that hospital eight months ago, I realized that there's got to be something bigger than me in this world or else I shouldn't be here today. And starting with just that little mustard seed of faith, I've completely rebuilt my life. I mean, from rock bottom to now I have a home of my dreams. I have pets back in my life. I have my kids back in my life. I have everything back. And I have a faith that is just unbelievable in God. I know that there's something looking out for me. Thank goodness that lady did not take her life. There is a way out. God's always there. Just say, Lord, I need your help. I remember getting a call from this gentleman who served overseas, and he had an unbelievable story about something very, very special that came out of a rock. Hey, John. My name is Mike. This happened years ago. Uh, I led a ground leader up for a Marine unit, and we were in Iraq, in Fallujah to be exact, and a little girl came walking up to us with a handful of flowers that she'd picked, and just no fear. And she gave us each one, and it touched us deeply. Long story short, my first sergeant and his wife ultimately adopted her, and she's been in the States ever since. Uh, doing just great. So she's got a brand new mommy and daddy, and she inherited a bunch of adopted uncles. So uh, anyhow, that's it. Well, Mike did call back and gave us an update on that little girl. Uh, Wanted to give you a brief update on uh, Alicia, the little girl member that handed out the flowers when I was in Iraq. Not so little anymore. She graduated from San Diego State this past summer with honors and uh, is engaged to be married. And it all changed because one person saw her and said, you know what, she's worth keeping. Orphan girl, my first sergeant, of course, I told you, and his wife adopted her. It wasn't easy, but they got it done, and uh, she's just a wonder. She's a joy. Anyhow, you have a great day. God bless. Same to you. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. 
Maybe you've got a story that you'd like to share with us all about hope and inspiration. You can on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Or if you want to make a comment, you can at our Facebook page at Rise Up Country. Or go to Instagram and follow us there at Rise Up Country. Hanging out right now on the line with me, I've got Jelly Roll. Hey, what's up, John? Hey, buddy, how are you? Good. Sorry, I'm a few minutes late here. It took me a little longer to get back to the bus than I thought. Oh, I'm telling you what, man. I saw you on stage with my buddy Craig Morgan at the Uh, Grand Old Opry, and I went, I got to talk to this guy. And then I started doing some research, and all of a sudden I see that song, Save Me. Buddy, I was in tears. Is is God a great God or what? Oh, all the time, man. All the time. That song was definitely a life-turning uh, moment for me. Being able to sing, listening to Almost Home and what it did for me as a consumer and a fan, and then being able to share the stage with Craig and sing it was just un- unreal. Boy, he is one beautiful human being, I got to tell you. No, he's salt of the earth. Yeah. And he went through some pretty tough times in his life, too. So I think we all do. I think it's just in different ways. And, and you know, we just have to uh, kind of learn to lean on the Lord and say, I, I know you got a big plan. It makes no sense to me, but I'll go for it. Right. Yep. Just kind of take the journey wherever it goes and trust the overall process. You know, um, tell me. If, if you don't mind, my show's all about hope and inspiration. I talk to people all over the country, and they share their stories about where they are at and, and what changed them and, and how they became a different person uh, from, from people who have been incarcerated, from drug dealers to prostitutes, unbelievable journeys that people take. But in your life, not to take you back to your past, but... What took place that you said, you know what, I want to make some changes? What was that moment? Well, for me, I think, you know, one of my biggest moments was having a daughter Mm -hmm. and realizing the importance of being an active father. And I think that was the real tipping point for me to realize how much I valued my freedom and I valued human life and I value people. It just gave me a whole new perspective on love and understanding. Boy, that's the absolute truth, isn't it? I mean, the day that my daughter was born, I played music all my life, and the day that my daughter was born and they put her in my arms, I went, gosh, now i got to be responsible. Right. Yep. (laughs) It happens that fast. You're right. And one thing she taught me is she taught me all about patience. I remember I was always in a hurry, and I'm looking at her. I'm going, honey, come on. I got to go. I got to go. And she goes, daddy, I'm on the potty. I got to go. And I go, okay, honey, okay. All right. Yeah, and maybe a couple weeks later, I looked, and I said, honey, do you have to go to the bathroom before we leave? And she goes, no, daddy. I already goed. Oh. (laughs) So that's our standard line at our house. Anybody got to go to the bathroom? Nope, we already goed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's awesome. you know what i love about about your music too is you're not afraid to take people on your insecurities on what the past has been in your life and to see where you are today it's it's really is a true country song your life isn't it oh yeah 100 percent. 
I think that's what attracts me to country music so much, also being from Nashville, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Antioch, right? Oh, born and raised, baby. <laughs> hey, listen, your song, Son of a Sinner, it just reminds me that we all try to do our best, but sometimes we drift away. Do you have somebody in your life that you can say, you know what? They hold me accountable and will always shoot straight with me. Well, for me, it's probably my wife. I talk to her about everything. She's my best friend. And I have a couple of guys that I consider mentors Mm -hmm. that are very important to me dealing with stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, they say like friends are buttons on an elevator. They take you up or they take you down. That's the truth. <laughs> you know, and I always like to stay around people that are that are like-minded with me. You know, another song um, is I Need You. Man, what a song that is. Oh, thank you for knowing that one. That's one of my, probably one of my top five favorite songs I've ever wrote. And when you're singing that song, I Need You, it's just like, oh my gosh, what a heart this guy has got. Thank you, man. No, that song is, uh, and I'm telling you, it's one of my top five, my favorite story about that song is I wrote it at a we we just got a house in the neighborhood I was living in at the time up the street from the house we were living in that I put a studio in I called it the studio house and uh, it's the first time I'd ever done that you know and I went to the studio house one night by myself in the middle of the night and I wrote that song at probably 3 30 in the morning boy that's a great one too and is that, you know, when, when I saw you singing these songs in a studio, it was like on that sure microphone. Is that really what you used to record on? Yeah. Yeah, a lot more than you would believe. I just had SM7. Yeah. I got an SM7 right here now that I'm fixing to use. Uh, I got a session here that we're going to do on the bus this afternoon here as soon as me and you hang up. I got the guys loading in as we speak. But, yeah, we'll just run that SM7. I do have some other nicer microphones in the big studio now, but, for me, man, it has some sevens just as well as anything else. Oh, man. I mean, it suits your voice well, doesn't it? Oh, dude, it's perfect. So what's next? Well, oh, I see you're also hanging out with Brantley Gilbert. What a great cat that guy is. Dude, Brantley is the man. <laughs> Brantley is probably by far <laughs> my favorite dude I've met in the music business. Oh, man, he's a character. Yeah, yeah I don't, it's same, not even close. Oh, man. I mean, he's he's told some stories. He goes, John, I swear, I was coming down the road going a little bit too fast. The cop behind me saw me when I turned the corner. I wasn't drinking at that time, I don't think. The car flipped. I fell out of it, and I landed on my feet. But I think yep. the greatest part of that story was his dad was so smart that he took that crashed, if it was a truck or a car, I can't remember, and he put it right beside the sidewalk in front of his house so every one of his buddies that had to walk up and see him had to look at what could happen to them. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Is that a great dad or yeah. what? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, now Brantley is, uh, Brantley is just one of the – he's just another one of those dudes. It's just the cream of life. Yeah. He told a story one time where he said, man, we were just – me and the guys, we were going, getting ready to go out and get into some serious trouble with some other guys – and he said, at that moment, a guy drove down the road, and it was a preacher that he had known a wow. while back and got out, and they sat and talked. And by the time they were done talking, everybody kind of broke up. And he said he swears that day that guy probably saved his life from going to jail. God, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear all those stories. I think you two will hit it off because I really I love that guy, man. I think he's absolutely great. 
He also no, Jelly. He also has a tattoo that goes, and I'm sure you saw it from from his hand, and it goes all up, and it shows the whole journey, and then it goes into the cross, and then it goes up to the top to have God at the very top. But it tells the story of his life. Do you have a tattoo that does that? I think the biggest one I have is the cross on my face. Mm-hmm. If I had one tattoo, just one tattoo that just tells the story of my life, it's the cross on my face. I think it's uh, it's symbolic for me about the importance that every every person must carry their own cross. Yeah. And it's a constant reminder to carry mine. Yes, yeah, like you can't get away from it, can you? Right. All you right, got to exactly. do is look in the mirror and go, oh, yeah, I remember yep, what I was supposed to yep. be doing today. Yeah, but I know what I got to do today. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are you out on the road with now? I am with Shine Down. It is an off day in New Mexico, and uh, we've been pretty busy, man. We're actually, you know, it's kind of, I'm going through a sad moment right now where we're down to our last four shows together, mm-hmm. and they're kind of spread out. Where it'll take you know a week to do these four shows, but. Uh, yeah, I'm just a little, you know, man, it's been a great tour. We're 25 cities in together and have been just absolutely killing it. Yeah. Are you planning on doing any stuff with Craig? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually got Craig in my calendar now. Um, oh. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but he's doing something local that I'm gonna, I am think I'm going to swing, swing through at. Oh, good, 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 good. You know, him and I used to write music together all the time. Him and I uh, wrote a song called Guess You Had to Be There, so I made one of his albums. So so I know all about Craig. Have you written with him yet? I have not got to write with him yet, <laughs> but we have hung out a few times, and he has lost a bucket of fun. Oh, my gosh. Wait until you see it. He's a character because he'll start. You, you'll start working on a song with him, Jelly, and he'll get up and he'll start walking the room and doing this and, and going all over the place. You don't know what he's doing, and all of a sudden he comes back with just a genius idea. He's a great guy, yep. funny guy. That might be that generation of writers because Casey Beathard's the same way. Oh, is that right? And Casey Beathard will get up and start pacing on you, and then he'll come. He'll go, I think I got something cool, and it's always really cool. I know. <laughs> I know. Sometimes you write with people, and you just go, what am I even doing here? I mean, I'm a, st- mm-hmm. I'm a stenographer. That's all I am at this point. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Jelly, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing with all of our listeners your journey because we all got our own struggles, don't we? Amen. 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 <laughs> oh, thank you for your time. I truly enjoyed it. And anytime, anytime, anywhere, any day, just let me know, brother. I'd love to talk to you. You got it, my friend. And when you see Craig, tell him hi. And man, I hope you guys write a hit song. I will. Thank you again, Mr. Ritter. Bye-bye. Maybe some of these stories from Craig Morgan and Jelly Roll inspired you. I'd love to hear them. Give me a call on the Rise Up Hope line at 844-717-7774. Or if you want to make a comment, go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Till next time, remember, don't give up, just rise up.